British Strongman Podcast, episode 40. We're up to number 40, Shane. Can you believe it? Is that actually a legit figure as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. I'm sure that it was 39 the other day. Um, we've, had, so, we've had one week off, I think, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And it was like structured, wasn't it? It was like a nice rest. It was great. Uh, yeah. So this evening we have Luke Richardson. Fresh. Hello. Fresh from World's <laughs> Strongest Man. So... Um, well, tell us a little bit about your uh, World's Strongest Man experience last week because it's so uh, current and relevant. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's, obviously there's a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of people will know that, you know, I made the final, I came ninth. Uh, and, you know, I, I was very disappointed, but, you know, I, I can take it for what it is and I know what I need to improve on for next time. Uh, it was very different to any comp that I've ever done and I can sit here and moan and bitch and complain about the format but at the end of the day you know there was 25 other guys competing in the same format you know so whoever was best there you know did win and Novakov looked you know in a, <coughs> in a different league compared to sort of you know I'm not going to say everyone else because you know all the guys in the final were absolutely unbelievable but Novakov even in the heats you know he, he came and he was on form he was absolutely unbelievable so yeah it, it, it was nice to get out there and just see what it was all about and competing it not just talk about competing in it <laughs> brilliant so were there, were there some guys that um like you haven't compete obviously a lot of the guys you haven't competed against before <laughs> were, were there any um like real surprises out there who you you know like say for instance Novikov or whatever who you knew oh fucking hell he's really good but like actually being there competing against him and seeing how he is like how how was that was there yeah, I, th I think I think for me, especially when I kind of got to the final, you know, obviously everyone in my group performed really well as well. Uh, and, you know, I was really happy to make it to the final because of that. You know, Jerry Pritchett in my group was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and he, he, he nearly got second. You know, he just he just missed a Oh, well, fucking well. I, I've said it now, Anna. So Jerry Pritchett was doing really well in my group. Um, he was doing unbelievable. You know, he was performing better than sort of I've ever seen him perform. Uh and then in the final, what kind of surprised me, in a way, I think I, I'm not going to say I, I underestimated, but I think I didn't realise how hard-earned every single point is when you're competing against, you know, the 10 absolute best guys in the world. You know, if you could have a good event and still not place very high because everyone else is so good. So for future, it's just shown me sort of how hard I need to work to, you know, pick up them one, two points on every single event because the, the hard earn, especially when you're going up against guys like, you know, Tom Novakov, Bish, JF Caron, you know, every guy who was in the final was, you know, a hard guy to try and beat on any of the events. So, yeah, I think sort of a bit of a reality check, to be honest, on how tough it actually is competing against them boys, you know. Yeah, it was a big, uh, for me as well, it's the this is the first year really that, I, I, well, it is the only year. The first year I followed it really like close. Like obviously, I've watched it and kept the updates every year, but this time I was like invested in it as a coach, and I also learned a lot from the comp as as to like you say, like um, how just a couple. Of, like if you'd have watched your keg throw mm. in the time you got, Jay, can I can I just interrupt one sec? So to set the scene. Um, because you're probably going to, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, like Shane's been uh, coaching Luke for, for his strongman for how long now has it been, guys? Seven, um, eight months or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think it was yeah. about May time, wasn't it? April, yeah. May time, 
Yeah, so sorry, you were saying about the, the keg throw, Shane. Yeah, well, if you'd have watched them, there's like, I think the winning time was 20 and Luke's time was 27 or something uh, on, mm. on the spreadsheet. It might not be official, but like I said, on the spreadsheet updates. So there's like a couple of seconds difference between eight kegs. And then I think Luke came seventh or eighth in that event, which is, you know, a huge place in difference for like then basically it was almost like first place is 20 and then it's 21 then it's 22 then it's 23 then it's 24 etc so it's like now now i kind of know as a coach like right we need to get a bit more uh you know a bit more on point with timing and you know we need to understand that every second counts and yeah i think now i kind of understand the standard in the final a little more because my only real experience of it was luke and hicks you know they're the only two guys that have I've seen Hicksy train for years and obviously been coaching Luke. So that was kind of like in my head, I'm almost comparing Luke a bit to Hicks and being like, are we on, are we on form? Are we on form? Are we on form? And then I'm like, yeah, we are. And now when you see Stoltman do it in 20 seconds, it made me, uh, it made me look back a little bit at the other worlds and go, has anybody ever done it faster than that? And I think the fastest time I've seen was Thor did eight kegs in 16 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm 2014, the last time we did that, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, right, okay, now I, I need to be more, I need to be better in my world's strongest man history. Like we were kind of speaking before on, online, we're not too great at that. I need to understand the standards and I need to make sure that the training reflects the standard in the final because it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. And like Luke said, every point is hard earned and you could do a PB time and come ninth. You know what I mean? It's, it's mad. Mm-hmm. Because as well, like with the uh, like social media and like Instagram and stuff, like you, you feel like you get a bit of a you get a bit of a hold of like what's kind of standard people are at. But obviously, you'll you you'll have noticed that um, there'll be a lot of people holding a lot of shit back, won't they? Like with the training times and you know, like say how how are people doing on the Hercules hold, for instance? Like, yeah, well, no, Novikov showed up saying he wasn't on form. Telling people he wasn't on form, and he looked genuinely like a creature from another planet. He was just—that's how good he was. He, 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 he hadn't—he hadn't done so well last year, though, didn't he? He looked amazing last year. Yeah, but to be fair, last year, right? I tipped him to do well last year, but he was unlucky with the group, wasn't he? Because he was—he um, was second. Yeah, he ended up in a stone off. Stone off with uh, Trey Mitchell, didn't he? Yeah. Did he do like fourteen reps or something? Right? Yeah, 14 reps didn't make it through. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's just it's one of them. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to ask you, though, and something that I think will benefit a lot of people listening, is um, obviously we know that Worlds setup and structure is a little different to any other competition. Mm. And obviously I don't... I was hearing stuff off of Rich and off of Hicks, and we had a little chat and stuff as to how the days are going. But how, how is the day set out um, in terms of like when you do the first event to the second event and what's it like in between? Like, are you able to eat properly and drink properly and, and settle down or what's it like? Yeah, so obviously, you know, again, the conditions are sort of far from ideal, but I'm not going to sit here and complain that they're not ideal for just me. You know, they're not ideal for anyone. So the best man's still going to win. Um, I think that it would have been a lot easier to prepare for the long days if we were allowed 
you know, outside the hotel and outside the bubble because then we could have, of course, gone and got food and things like that. So it made that a lot easier. But, you know, in terms of the days and the competition itself, you know, the competition is ran for TV. Like, it's a TV show. It's not necessarily, you know, it's, it's, a, TV, it's a TV show first, very much, and a strongman competition second, which, again... I can see her and complain and moan about it all I want, but that's the way it is and everyone's in the same boat. So everyone's just got to crack on and, you know, we're all in the same circumstances. At least it's fair. Uh, but in terms of the days, you know, day one, I was at the events arena for, you know, I think about half seven, something like that. And I didn't kick off until about 10. And I didn't think that I sort of left until about seven o'clock that night. So, you know, you're doing a 12-hour day to do two events, you know, and that's not including people doing stuff sort of in between, you know, they managed to get through the athletes quite quickly. And then it's, you know, five, six hours of setting up the event and setting up the cameras right and the lights right and stuff like that. So it's a lot of sitting about, which, you know, is tough because especially when there's no crowd there and you're going out and it's just silence and there's just, you know, a few cameras and a few people, you know, people do get behind you, but, you know, you almost just feel flat the whole day. It's just, I described it on the first day as sort of just momentumless. If, you, if you've done a competition before, you know, in one day you find that you go event after event and you quickly sort of pick up that momentum. Whereas this, it's like you're there early, you do your first event, you stop, you don't do anything for six, seven hours. Then you do the next event and there's just no sort of energy whatsoever. It's just completely sort of flat. <laughs> it is, and it, it is tough, but again, everyone's in the same boat and everyone's got to learn to adapt to that. And I think, for next year, I'm definitely going to be sort of better equipped to deal with that because of the experience that I've gained from this year. So it's all a learning curve at the end of the day. And it's I think you cool. adapted quite quick as well because your second day, your second day went really well, didn't it? Yeah, I performed much better on my second day. You know, my log press especially, I was oh, really cool. No, I, could, I couldn't believe it when I saw the result, Lee. What, what did you, was it 150 or 155? I think it was 155. Yeah, we'll say 155 if we're not sure. Yeah. R round it up. And what did you, you got eight reps, didn't you? I, I got eight reps, and to be honest, it's brilliant, really, mate, honestly. It, it, it felt really easy. Like, and I actually picked up the ninth, but the problem is, is that for me to go through, um, I'd have needed to. Uh, I'd have needed to have bested Jerry, and Jerry did very well on that event. So, you know, it wasn't going to happen, especially with, you know, the time that I had left. So, just sort of decided to walk away. But, you know, eight reps for me at 155. And it didn't mate, mate, honestly, I remember I remember you training in Hicks's with, with the same time as me one day, and you were fucking making a meal of, like, 130, and it was, like, yeah. it, it was mad. It was mad. But... I remember seeing you that day and you were just like looking around, like taking taking things in, asking people for advice, discussing things. You could see you just like analysing every single kind of thing that you could take from the whole situation. I thought it was absolutely amazing, mate. Yeah, you know, and, at, the, um, at the end of the day, I, I, I might be, you know, <clears throat> on the outside, what people would think is quite strong at certain events, but... You know, I'm still very new to them. Like I could yeah. speak to, you know, I could speak to Shane, I could speak to Hixie, I could speak to yourself, and you're probably going to have more experience than me, and that that experience is valuable. So, you know, I'm definitely someone who's willing to, you know, not I wouldn't say put my pride aside because I don't think pride comes into that, but you know, I'm willing to seek advice and listen to people who sort of know what they're doing. You know, if they don't know what they're doing, then I don't fucking listen to them. Um, but if they do know what they're doing, then 
you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to take it in. You know, strength is sort of irrelevant in that sort of setting, in my personal opinion. And, you know, it worked. Look at how I did. You know, I'm really, I'm really pleased with Amalog's coming on. It's quickly gone from being one of my biggest weaknesses to, you know, a strength. So, well, that, that's it. And that, that's what I, as, as, like a, as like a fan, like that's what I've been most impressed with, with you, your attitude, like watching you quote well, I say closely, like through social media and stuff, yeah. like making that transition from powerlifting and crossing over to like, say, picking up the, learning the overhead and the skills yeah. and how different that is. Learning the athletic stuff. Like I can remember seeing you move and stuff and think, fuck me, he's gonna, you're going to struggle unless you graft and yeah. ch like change your approach. And what the fuck have you done? Like you've, you've gone and like you're doing, doing those medleys outside in the dark and you're doing... The, the moving events consistently it's absolutely amazing to see like your your approach and you deserve in my opinion like all the all that success and how you've improved on those medley times like how did you uh, like your, your time was incredible wasn't it on the the medley yeah, the, the, it were really tough medley this year it was sort of no, what i say you want to butt in on it yeah? yeah well done on that fucking medley because what people don't understand about the world's medley is you don't see the implement yeah. Until the day, dear, which for someone who doesn't have that much experience to adapt yeah. on the day and do that was amazing. It's all well and good us training the sandbags and kegs and stuff, but when I saw the implants you were carrying on the pictures, I was like, I was like, fucking hell, <laughs> that is, yeah, it may look cool, but yeah, just, you know, they're very, they're very unorthodox, and I really enjoyed it because of that. You know, it was, it was sort of different for everyone, like, no one sort of had an advantage because none of us had ever done anything like that before. Yeah, a bit of a leveller, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It, sort of, it sort of levels it out for everyone a bit. You know, we had familiarisation the day before we started competing, and obviously a lot of the focus was around that because a log's a log, a deadlift's a deadlift, but the medley implements were very different. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's just going down, sort of not having that sort of chip on your shoulder, listening to, you know, Maggie and Darren who were watching all the other people do it and showing me, like, Oh, this guy did it like this, and it wasn't very good. Try it this way. You know, you need to, you need to sort of lose that and just be able to listen to other people and then watch other people as well and sort of try things as well. But yeah, well, look, that, that's what I, from what I know of you, like and like trained with you a couple of times or whatever. I see, I can see that. I can see that. Like, even though you, you might like some people might think you look a bit dense or whatever, but you, you like uh, you take. You, you can just tell you're just like a sponge. You're just taking it all in and like taking the best bits of what people are doing. Like, I just think it's absolutely awesome, mate. Yeah. Like, as you say, but it's about the ego, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you're not going to that thinking, fuck me, I'm, uh, I've just won Europe's strongest man. Like, I don't need to advise off these lads. Like, I'm just going to yeah. do it my way. Like, as you say, like... Well, that's the thing. You, you can't afford to do that because, you know, then people will never help you again as well if you do that. So... You know, it's, it's, it's best to listen to people, especially people who've been there and done it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was pleased. And like I say, the things that I didn't take to necessarily so easily in the first place have quickly become sort of good events for me. So, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's really hard to complain, especially when, you know, weaknesses sort of become strengths, which is obviously a testament to sort of, you know, the hard work that I've put in and the guidance that I've had off like Shane and Darren and people like that, you know, who've yeah. helped me out. Well, that, that's that's in my opinion where you, where somebody shows like true potential. Like people going about potential and oh, he's fucking uh, a beast or he's a freak or whatever. But 
like true potential for me is like when somebody struggles with something or somebody doesn't get something right away and then it doesn't necessarily come to them easily but they like say a long period of time elapses and like somebody from the outside looking in would watch you do the log and think oh fucking hell Luke's good at log or it's uh, one of Luke's good events or Luke's good at moving with their awkward objects in front of him he's great at medleys front carries and stuff like I, I just think think it's incredible how like and shows the true potential of somebody if they can yeah, well, turn a weakness into something that they, they they excel in. Well, again with the ego, it's very it's very easy to just sort of not do the things that you're bad at because you don't really want to face exactly them. exactly. Uh, but the reality is, is that ten points can be earned on a deadlift. The same ten points could be earned on a hammer hold or a Hercules hold or something, you know. And that's something that I, I really like to think. You know, people say, oh. Like when, when we did Hammer Hall at Europe, it's like, oh, I haven't trained it, it's not a real event, but it's like I can still pick up 13 points on there that I pick up on the log. Yep. So I better train that as hard as I train the fucking log because, and, you know, it's still 13 points. So look at how well, like, something I'll say as well is Luke's like probably one of the most coachable athletes that I've ever worked with, as in, like, you tell him what to do. And even if it's the same thing every week, repetitive, just getting better at it, he does it. And like that showed on the Hercules Hall to me because. Um, he beat Brian and a few others mm. that I thought have had even if they didn't prep for the comp like doing Hercules hard every week they've got so much experience with grip work all the time so mm. to me to beat them in that event just really showed the consistent hard work you put in on that event which like you say some people go oh it's not it's not a real event you know so yeah, I, I think it's quite easy to do that with your good events as well which is saying you know, oh, my good event's good. I don't need to really try that hard. But then that's when you find you get caught out as well. So you've got to sort of prioritise everything. It's hard to... When you're prepping for Worlds, and I think, you know, this is something that myself and Shane have found, you know, with it being a first time for sort of both of us, is that you have got to sort of, you know, put focus on certain things because you can't absolutely kill yourself on how many events you're preparing for. You know, there's five in the heats and six in the final. So you know, 11 events, you've only got seven days a week. Like, that doesn't change, you know. So and, it's quite and also as well, like, the fact is that you've also got to, to have, like, some kind of scope for, for events that might change, for instance. Like, well, yeah, well, like how, how, did, how did you prep for a fucking anvil carry when it was meant to be a truck pull? Like, well, and then, it, this, it, this is yeah. something that, that, that you only... This is why I'm impressed with how you did is because like say say Novikov for instance I know he's amazing but like especially for his age if you look at look at how many comps he's done they do any he's, he's competed like a ridiculous amount over the last few years like oh, I, think, I think last year he said he did something like 30 odd comps last year just absolutely amazing like you think of like how much you have learned from in just in terms of the events like from, yeah, from, I, from I think that's, that's another thing as well. It's quite it's quite easy to criticise me when I don't necessarily do well, um, you know. And, I, and I'm willing. To, I, like, I'm what, not, what what haven't you done well in? What haven't you done well in? No, but the thing is, is that you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not ignorant when I haven't done well. People think that you know, I I think that I've done really well and I haven't. You know, as as an athlete, you're always going to be your biggest critic. So yeah, the I thing mean, that I know what Luke's trying to say is this is the thing, right? When people start prepping for worlds. 
every single athlete, in my opinion, that's ever done Worlds has like a baseline where they're like, I'm starting my yoke prep. And they've already done 7 million yoke runs. So they know the starting point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Luke's starting point on half these events, there wasn't a starting point. It was like from scratch. So whatever we showcased, whatever he showcased, sorry, in that comp, is only the learning stages of it. You know what I mean? So I understand when he says, I didn't do too well, because you give him another 12 months, the next prep he does, the next prep, his baseline starting on oh, all yeah, 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 yeah. way ahead of where it was. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like if you've been, and again, I'm not using this as an excuse because I just haven't been doing it long enough and maybe people, you know, expect me to do better than maybe I'm capable of right now because of sort of maybe the strength that I've come across with or something like that. But, you know, things like yoke, yoke specific, you get better at yoke by doing yoke. Imagine your first yoke was in a World's Strongest Man final. You've never done it in a comp before. Yeah, now you got to do a fine kilo yoke. Well, look, look, look at it like this, right? The so, you, you've got like for your say next year or whatever, when you say peaking for worlds again, there's inevitably going to be log, right? Mm -hmm. And at this peak, you've hit fucking 155 for eight for to overhead, right? Yeah. You just think your peak for log, I don't know what 18 months ago was fucking bench, like that was the closest thing you'd you had okay. to like. Did, like you didn't you didn't lift things overhead, did you? Like when did when did you start lifting things overhead? Like it's not been long. Yeah, but then, but then luckily, luckily the you know with things like log, it'd be like well, with certain events being changeable, you always know there's going to be stones, so you can train stones every week. I've been doing stones for eighteen months. I've been training log yeah. for eighteen months. But you know, rotating moving events, I haven't really, I haven't done yoke for eighteen months. I haven't done farmers for eighteen months because you can't do all of them all the time. Uh, you know, you do what you're ready for. Brits, we had Conan's wheels, so I'm not training yoke and farmers, I'm not doing Conan's. Um, yeah, so exactly, because like you say, you don't, there's going to be events crop up. Like, I don't think we've done Monster Dumbbell yet, have we? I don't think we've... No, no. Yeah, so again, if a Monster Dumbbell crops up in a comp, because uh, that's the reason why I've, I was up all night after Worlds, proper stoned, pissed off that you came ninth, even though it's not my... You know what I, mean? I don't know why. I, just, I, like, I don't know what it is. When you got into the final... I was like, right, he's in the final, great. And my mindset turned to, right, we need to win now. Um, that's why when I asked you, were you happy with ninth? I was really glad you said you are good because I was like, you know, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm the same. I feel like I need to do better as a coach <laughs> to make sure that, so I was up all night listing the events we hadn't practiced and Monster Dumbbell was one of them where I was like, we need to start practicing that just in case it comes up in a big comp. We have more than eight weeks to get good at it kind of thing. But people forget that there's so many events that, you, you're going to have to, in prep, like, prioritise one, especially when it comes to learning it. Like, you can't be pushing yeah. a yoke and everything while you need to learn Conan's wheel, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a long sport to, to master, very, very long, many years of training. And like, oh, you, Go on, Luke, sorry. And like you say, you know, guys like Hicksy are coming with a baseline strength on yoke. Well, Hicksy did the yoke at Britain's Strongest Man in, like, eight seconds or something. He's an absolute monster at yoke, so... Pixie could probably not train yoke and come in on yoke and already be, you know, however many years he is ahead of me, you know, and I'm not saying, again, I'm not using that as an excuse, you know, Graham is absolutely unbelievable. He's top 10 in the world. He was unfortunately tore his bicep, obviously, on the yoke on the first event. Pixie's a great strong man. Uh, but, you know, Hixie was troubled with calf tears and things this prep. And although he didn't train the yoke, Hixie could probably still get under a yoke and be better than me. And I'm happy to admit that he is. He's unbelievable at yoke. 
Um, but, you know, with time, there's no reason why my yoke, just like my log, couldn't be, you know, a good event for me if I train it enough. So, yeah. Yeah, this wasn't me, like, trying to suck Luke's dick below. I'm just trying to tell the listeners that are looking from the outside in and they don't see the preps and stuff, they don't understand how it works, that it's not as simple as, you know, this is how good Luke is at this event. It's more that he's just so new to it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, it's just and different. Can I just say something for the listeners, right? For people who... who um like followed world's strongest man very closely this this um this time it just proves and highlights what we have said on here repeatedly that in strongman you need to embrace the fact that you need to be versatile and you need to prepare for things that people people at fucking novice comps like like moan because the logs are different diameter on the day than what they've been prepping on and like the, or the, oh, it's a stiff bar. I've been training on a deadlift bar. Like, it's for, it's for what, like, it, or like, a shit bar or whatever. Like, right at the highest level, world's strongest man that's been on telly for years or whatever, like, there were fucking so many little changes, weren't there? Like, you, you've, you've prepped, you've worked your ass off on your truck pull. It's fucking changed to, to, uh, to farmers for distance. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. It's comp- It's completely different, isn't it? And yeah, um, well, and again, I think people are. Quick but that's to the sport. Yeah, you know, pe- people are quick to moan, and you can moan as much as much as you want. But it is what it is. Get on with it. You won't be complaining if they change the truck pull to a max squat or something, would you? So just crack on. Like, just deal with it. <laughs> you stride. So. Yeah, and it's like what you say about the world's day. People, people can moan about it, but the way I look at it as a coach is. If that is the environment of worlds, and that's what you want to win, then you have to learn to get embrace that environment. You have to go in next year expecting the weights and the sit downs and prep more. Like think to yourself, uh, exactly. yeah, like go to Cyprus for a week before. Yeah, it. go to Cyprus <laughs> to improve my eighteen-inch deadlift. No, we won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what are you referring to? No, you don't. You be don't you be staring you. You're at on. Um, but like things like just prepping, like knowing you're going to have a six hour gap between events. So saying to yourself, I'm going to bring, you know, whatever me roller and this and that with me, make sure I've got some extra hydrate, some food and drink. And I'm going to make sure I do some mobility or whatever in between and keep moving, keep some music on. Cause the last time I lost the hype and lost my momentum. So I'm going to try and keep my vibe going. You know, there's loads of stuff that you can do and, it's an acute situation, you know. It's not something you can prep for because it's it's well, it's acute situation. That's just the definition of it. But you need to embrace that situation when it's time and make sure you extract your performance in each event from it. And I think going into your second year, you know what to expect, and you'll you'll be able to, you know, you'll be visualizing it all the time. I know what to expect, and I have another year under my belt, so yeah, I'm bound to do better. Um, but I know that. I'm <laughs> And, you know, it's quite easy to, again, criticise. And I'd say I got quite a lot of stick off quite a lot of people for, you know, how I did in the final. But at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm already so far ahead of where I wanted to be at this time. I just wanted to get to Worlds this year. And as it turned out, you know, I won Europe two months before and then I ended up in the final. Like, And I'm not saying I'm pleased with that, but, you know, I am ahead of where I was. You know, I spent the whole of fucking Sunday night in my room crying because I was so disappointed. And I'm not you know, too uh, proud to admit that either. But off the back end of things like this is usually when you see the biggest sort of gains and, 
you know, that you, you sort of realise your potential a bit more because I've I've seen I've seen how good I need to be and now I just need to be that good. So, you know, you just gotta make it happen, haven't you? Yeah, that's what it. I think. Until you until you get to that level and compete at that level, it's like a level up from even from Brits, you know, if it is it's like a level up. So yeah. it's, and it's not just the um it's not just the kind of performance of like individuals that's that's good, it's like everyone's good. So yeah. at, at Brits, you kind of think to yourself, or I do, you usually pick between three to five guys that you think are going to do well. Yeah. Um, you don't go, oh, any of the 15 in it could probably win. It just depends how it yeah. goes on the day. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the final, isn't it? It's mad. At Worlds, you take one bad step and lose two seconds, you could lose the yeah. So, So Luke, did you go like... Well, this might sound a daft question because I don't know what you've kind of know what your mindset is ish but like what what were you believing you were going to do at worlds this time like what what did you think like two weeks ago what was your what was your aim my my aim at worlds was to get to the final um and then i got to the final it was almost like oh do you know what i mean because you go yeah 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 my goal is to get to the final. Now I'm in the final, and you almost think, "Fuck's sake, I've got to, I've got to do another fucking two days of competing now." <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get here, and then you know, again with the way it is in the format, you know, four days in a row is fucking hard. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you do four days in a row, and it's not like four days in a row of four different events that hit different muscle groups. It's like four days in a row, of like the same fucking thing all the time. It's hard. You know, you never train that way because you get injured and die. But, you know, again, that's that's what's expected of you. So that's what you have to do. But, yeah, it was almost like I got to the final and there was this sort of like, oh, brilliant, I've made the final. And then almost like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to do another two days now. <laughs> but, you know, when I got in the final, it was just about getting a place to improve on next year. Uh, yeah. I, I think next year, you know, obviously... I, I, th- I do I do feel like I underperformed, uh, but again, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, and everyone's so good, and now I know yeah. how good I am. So as it stands next year, I need to do better than ninth. I'd love to get top five next year. That's that's sort of my, my plan now. But again, last year when I started strong, my plan was to make it to Worlds by any means. If I came last in my group, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared. And I ended up coming ninth. So, you know, me saying top five now could turn into a, a podium who knows you know it depends how good I get but well can, can I give you my, my opinion right my opinion on on you as a fan is like I was thinking that I didn't think you were I, like people say, oh yeah he's gonna oh, could win or whatever and disappointed when you're not or whatever like I I thought like you'd have maybe got top five or top six this year right but I think that would have even been a bit of a stretch for me, to be honest. And I think people sort of underestimate how good the people in the final are. Yeah, but but accounting for the fact that, like, say, somebody's some somebody you wouldn't expect might get injured or somebody fucks up on something, like, yeah. like my, my my point is that, like, I don't think it it affects your your long term goal anyway. Like, if you do finish third. And got on the podium, like yeah. I don't think it ma- matters anyway, because yeah. I think in when, like I believe that you are going to be the world's strongest man, and you are going to repeat it. Like you're going to, I honestly believe that you're going to get to those five 
or what what have you that's your goal isn't it well, 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 my goal's six, and if if, six. You fall, if you fall short of six, well, fuck me, you've still done pretty well, haven't you? I mean, obviously, I don't. Plan yeah, but on but I've heard you say but, that, right? And I and I believe that you are going to do that. So if you if you finish like say say third third last week or ninth or fucking didn't even make the final, like for me as a fan, like it doesn't really matter anyway. You just like what you're whenever you're ready. Like well, it, that's it. It's, it's, it, it's like you can't you can't really rush getting strong and you can't rush no. where you're going to end up because getting strong takes time and getting good at events takes time, you know. And it's time yeah. that unfortunately I haven't had much of. I've I've done the best with the time I've had, in my opinion. Uh, you know, which is sort of shown him how how sort of much I've come on. I think, but yeah. again, I've come on a lot, but I also need to be a lot better than I already am, which is evident in sort of where I placed, you know, last week, you know, I came ninth, ninth isn't anywhere near what I sort of aspire to be. Um, but... Question for you while it just popped into my head. Yeah. You no, know, because obviously Worlds have been pushed back about six months this year, hasn't it? Is yeah. what, What's the crack next year? Is there only six months worth of prep for the next Worlds or is it end of year again? I've got no idea I have a feeling that if things opened up as normal they'd want to sort of get it back to normal time uh, obviously this is just me uh, yeah I was just thinking you've got another year and then I was thinking what if they run it in May again so, <laughs> this, this is me just obviously giving my opinion I, I have no idea if things obviously go back to normal with coronavirus and travel restrictions and everything like that I'd think that they'd want to run it the time they usually do because it's better for you know Example: We we were in tourism. We were in hurricane season, and we lost a day because there was a fucking tornado. Like that, that like they'd rather have it in May because things are a bit more stable and where yeah. they are, stuff like that. So, I, I think that to be honest, if if things do get better, that they'll probably just have it the time that they usually do every other year. That's what I'd think anyway. I might be completely wrong. That was just a random question for my benefit. Just, I was just thinking. I was just, <laughs> just thinking like for preps and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Rick isn't far away now either, so you can get ready for that as well. Yeah. What What's going forward then? Now, what What is next in terms of competitions and stuff? Or do you it's, Do you have dates well, for stuff or not at the moment? So Brits Brits is on at the end of January. Uh, so obviously I'll be getting sort of jumping straight back into into prep for that. Uh, don't know events yet, but you know Giants Live are good at giving us the events all well before. So I'm sure, you know, it's getting up to about eight weeks away that we'll be getting them through soon. Yeah, and then just 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 get ready for that. Yeah, try and do my best there. The strength in depth in Britain at the minute probably means that it might not be, you know, the lighter fitter sort of style comp that we're used to because the strength level of people in Britain now, you know, you could have had, you know, there was a record-breaking amount of people in the final this year from Britain and, you know, a load of guys who didn't make it who could have been in the final. So you're looking at maybe seven or eight guys that are potentially final finalists at World's Strongest Man. So there's no reason why you can't have sort of what was once Europe's strongest man weights at Britain's strongest man because that's a standard now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, I'm, I'm assuming, unless he's completely Wolverined it, Hicksy will probably have to give Brits a skip, unfortunately. But um, yeah. I, I, It's a shame, really, because he...
Hello? Shane, can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. What's happened to him? I just see like a potato on my screen. <laughs> I'm assuming that his phone has probably turned off. <laughs> so, so Shane, uh, just what <clears throat> we'll give him a chance to reconnect. Um, so, let's talk, talk a little bit about about Europe's. So now we did at Europe's. Like, um, I was. What was that? Was the plan for him to win, win that, or were, like was he surprised with how he did, or? Like, what was the reflection on that gen? What was the general feeling? Because obviously we've talked about worlds because it's so current. Like, um, like what about Europe's? Like, it's fucking brilliant. Well, there was always this. The thing with Europe's was it was really weird prep because we we knew he had worlds not so long afterwards. Well, how long was worlds after Europe's? Is it eight weeks? Yeah, it's close, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's like a full prep anyway. So obviously now we're going. Europe's world's Brits and the thing with prepping for comps at that level is it's very hard to hit a peak for Europe's and then drop down you basically have to drop down you can't just keep peaking forever hey Luke so we're, do, we're just talking we're just talking about how you did it Europe's mate so keep going Jay so um for Europe's we kind of like hit my, my computer my computer fucking crashed for some reason yeah, I said your phone or computer will have turned off. Yeah, we're, ju we're just, we've, uh, kept, we've kept it running because we're pros at this, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, fine, we'll, we'll talk about Hicksy. Anyway. Like, well, no, well, <laughs> fucking hell, we're, we're, hey, we've, so, we've sorted it, we've sorted it. We're talking about Europe's now, mate. We're talking, we've moved on to the uh, positivity oh, about how well oh, you did kept Europe. Going. Yeah, oh, fucking right, yeah. We're, we're, Me and Josh are here till 11. We're um, like ninjas <laughs> at this. I just saw this uh, picture of a potato on my screen, frozen. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> right, go on, go on. Shane, Shane's on a roll here. Come on. So, so anyway, so the Europe's peak was we were like halfway up. Basically, I was peaking for worlds. So we were kind of like, imagine a little mountain, yeah? We're halfway up the mountain when Europe's comes. Okay. So for me personally, as a coach, I was looking at the longer term picture and I didn't care whether he won Europe's or he came eighth. I just wanted him to perform well at the strength level he was in. But then, you, and if people don't believe me that he went into Europe's half peaked, just look at his log. He failed a 180 log, I think, at Europe's. I know it was outside in slightly different conditions. It does make a difference. But then before Worlds, he strip pressed it um, pretty easily. You know, So yeah. there's a big difference in strength there. So when you're prepping for the comp, I just had to take worlds into account because if we peaked for Europe's, we would have ended up sloping down for worlds. And uh, obviously that's the biggest comp of the year. We wanted to end the peak, you know, at his peak strength at world. So it was kind of a, a weird prep in terms of the timing of which he went into the comp, but he performed really well. And the prep for Europe's carried over nicely into Worlds because of stuff like the uh, throwing event. and um, Yeah, the events were pretty similar, to be fair, which obviously worked in the favour of the guys who'd done Europe. So, Yeah, there was a couple of events for Worlds we had to add in and stuff. Um, yeah. but, but the prep itself, 
was kind of similar-ish. It was then just like, all right, we've got to do five more things on top of this as well. Um, so <laughs> Only five. Create, that world prep was a bit... Uh, so, Luke, what did you think? Um, like, obviously, we've talked about, talked about world, worlds here because it's current or whatever last week, but fuck me, like... Tell us a little bit about Europe. So like, um, did you did you look at the lineup and think, oh shit, I've got a good chance here. I can uh, I, I can go for the win, or what? Or like, what what happened? Like, what was your expectation with it all? And yeah, so so for Europe, my goal my goal was to win, uh, even with sort of the original lineup because I thought, you know, I, I had a lot of momentum sort of behind me. I'd had a really good training through lockdown. I never stopped. If anything, I well. I'm not going to say if anything, I, I got loads better. You know, I obviously started with Shane in like April, May time and I was sort of comp fit since June because of all the stuff we'd been doing. Um, so for Europe, I was feeling really confident, even though obviously we're going up against guys like Adam Bishop, who didn't slow down through lockdown and obviously had an unbelievable performance at Britain's Strongest Man. But I think that the thing with Europe is, even the events that I hadn't done before didn't actually require that much sort of skill acquisition. It was very sort of like brute events. Like you can't really mess with a hammer hole. Yeah, yeah. You, you won you that, didn't you? You came other. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Mad. That hammer hole training was fucking mad. <laughs> well, it, was, it was, it was, yeah, just, just train it like a lunatic. But again, it's like, right, well, just wait there because we've talked about this on, on the podcast before how to train forward holds, and people might have just listened to it and then switched off or whatever, right? So, look, so where uh, Shane has given uh, Luke a protocol that he's just trained like a fucking madman. For Europe's and then and won. You probably you, you've ne- you haven't done that event at a comp before, have you? Or did you do it at OSU oh, no, Europe's? I did it at OSG Europe's and I got like thirty-four seconds. Fucking hell, brilliant! Yeah. Um, so what? What did you get? What did you get at Europe's? Like forty-nine, I think. So I added about twenty seconds on a summer, fifteen seconds. Well, fifty percent sounds yeah. better, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, no, the thing with the protocol for the the hammer hold is it's hard to tell you how I do it because I just undulate it so it depends on the times he's getting and stuff and then sometimes I'd make him lift a bit heavier than the comp weight uh, for a bit less time sometimes it would go a bit lighter and a bit longer and then we do timed rests and stuff and i just make sure it was going linearly in the right direction and there's more volume accumulated over the week and uh just making his shoulders adapt and be able to work because at the end of the day like when you're doing a forward hold like a neutral grip it's really like anterior delt dominant which is a really low work capacity muscle so you've just got to be really aggressive with your training towards it um, and just yeah it doesn't even have to be that well structured as long as it's progressing weekly and then the work capacity is going to increase and then obviously he's getting stronger anyway via the peak and all the other exercises so it all just kind of like goes in line together i think i think a simple way to progress something like that which a lot of people will think oh well i've got 20 kilos to do for mac for for a max at a comp max what a lot of people go where a lot of people go wrong who actually train it a lot of people don't fucking train it and they'll just train strict press instead but like uh where a lot of people go wrong is they'll just do like a fucking max effort set at the end and just do one set to failure and think, oh, well, see if I can beat last week or whatever. Whereas what Shane's saying about the undulating um, approach of like saying, 
one day a little bit longer, one day a little bit shorter, but heavier. Like basically you're giving yourself like three, four, five different variables that you can linear, linearly progress on essentially, aren't you? Yeah. Like exactly. you, you've got like, right, well, I did this for heavy, heavy as fuck for 20 seconds last time. And then when that comes along in five sessions time again, you've only got 20 seconds to progress to 22 seconds to get your, get your progression. And it's so yeah, that's why it's like really important for the athlete to give the coach the times and everything, because you build a little database and we can like just go through it and change and update it and do this and do that. And yeah, it, it makes it um, a little bit less boring as well for the athlete. And you can yeah. just enjoy it a bit. And you yeah, also, when you, when you hit that, 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 that was good. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, I mean, that picked really well as well. Like, I got to the comp, and the times that I'd sort of been sort of struggling to get to in training, and I got to 40 seconds, and I was a bit like, oh, it's not hard yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, just, it just peaked really well. So it was sort of nice for an event like that again, which I wasn't very good at initially to sort of be an event, an event win for me. But what I was saying was, it, it's quite easy with stuff like that to obviously get your head around there isn't really much of a technique element whereas like going to worlds and then doing a yoke it's a lot different to never doing a hammer hole before never doing hercules hole before so yeah, I like think that I do, hole, you just jump in and train can't you you don't need to learn yeah and i, I think i mean. do better at comps with them sort of events because there isn't really that element of experience involved it's all just sort yeah. of you know strength related which i think is why i also did so well at osg worlds because there wasn't really that many technique related events it was stuff like power stairs well power stairs you just pick it up and go up the stairs don't you like it's, it's, it's quite hard that's up so you, know. uh, you did yeah, yeah. So. josh grafts that he's got skill acquisition power stairs tomorrow yeah <laughs> mate honestly i I'm, I'm just thinking about all the fucking different cues i think of when i'm doing like forward hold and thinking honestly yeah I'm, I'm a- on, uh, some tips for the listeners on forward hold yeah, this is the best advice I'll ever get on Ford Hold. When it's comp day, cheat as much as possible. Genuine advice, just cheat. If they say you're too high, go, oh, am I? Should I bring it down a notch? Yes, please bring it down a notch. Right, you've just got five seconds extra time of cheating. Legit advice, because if you don't cheat, think, trust me, everybody else is. Yeah, I think, I think another thing on that as well, especially, is like fight, fight it going down until they say that it's too low. You see a lot of guys will go, oh, it's gone, and drop it. Whereas you can probably get another three seconds just by, like, clinging on for dear life. So yeah. yeah. Another little cue that that I've used is when I've got to that point where my arms are dropping, I think about, like, externally ro- – no, internally rotating my shoulder and basically driving my elbows up there, and you can get, like, another second or two. But if you try and do that from the start, you know, your elbows will just drop. Uh, so yeah. think about elbows to the sky as your arms dropping and you'll get like a... Oh. Um, and also, just look confident. Even if it's down at your hip, just look at ref like, I'm fucking smashing this, pal. And he'll be like, I won't say down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I, think the, I think the cheating things are a, a very uh, very good good thing to do because like some t- sometimes you... You can, uh, comp. We've talked about this before, haven't we? But sometimes it's just a hard event to police, isn't it? And if you yeah. lose to somebody, that's why I think it's a shit event. By the way, I'm not encouraging cheating, but I'm you just know, saying because it's subjective. 
Like yeah, if, if everybody, do, I mean, when we say cheat, we just mean like be a little, little higher than you're allowed. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah, take, um, the, take a warning. Yeah, exactly. Take the warning. But if you don't and five people do and beat you by a couple of seconds, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, if I had just done that. So if everybody cheats, it's a level playing field. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get any more points for having the best technique at the, at the, uh, on that event at the, at the comp. So just fucking cheat the fuck out of it. Yeah. Right, before we, because I know we're getting close to our 10 now, Luke. So do I go over a couple of things that you learned? and took away from Worlds that you're going to either tell me about, hopefully, so that we can apply them into your training? Or is there, is there anything that you've came away thinking that this is like something that you, you've really you know, gained valuable experience from? Um, again, I think that other than just being ready for it next time, you know, I, I think it's difficult to say that, you know, oh, I wasn't prepared to do the four days in a row. Well, I was prepared as I was going to be because I did my best. Like the most optimal way to prepare for four days of comp in a row isn't to do four days of fucking competition in a row. If you think that, you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> but I think that I'll be more prepared next time because I'll sort of just sort of know what to expect really. Um, but in terms of training for it, it's quite it's quite difficult to say just sort of one thing that because me there wasn't anything sort of glaring like and again I think a lot of people sort of went through me for you know only pulling what I did on the 18 inch deadlift but I think that again the people that are criticizing that are also the people that moan that you don't find out events until three weeks before so if I'm only going to get two sessions on a variation that starts with my weakness and I'm not very good at it then how do you expect me to do um yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think I prepared as best I can. Uh, obviously, we can change things going forward now, knowing what to expect uh, of sort of the comp format. But you know, other than that, how how do you prepare for them conditions? Well, you can't really, because if you're prepared for them conditions, you'd be sort of injured or just fucked you around. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's something that people don't understand is with them kind of weights like. You know what I mean? You, you need if you want to train long term, you can't yoke five hundred kilos every week. You know what I mean? And you're not going to get any benefit from it either, uh, especially when you've got like a couple of heavy a bit like throwing eighteen inch deadlift in there with yoke, with stones and with heavy log. They're like four or five really neural events, so you can't go absolutely ham on all four in the week and then you might be able to do it one week but then you can't keep that up for eight weeks on the trot you know what I mean you'd be, you'd be, you'd be fucked so yeah. uh, the, the comp scenario is acute because that's the only time you're going to do every single thing heavy four days in a row um, but something that I wanted to say to you on the podcast something that I learned that I wanted to take forward into this Brits prep is I think that we need to be like almost like what Tom Hibbert did with Hicksy like having a bit of a catch up every two weeks because you're not the most savvy person at talking over social media and replying. Oh. To um, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm useless. I yeah. don't speak. Like, I, but I think that's, that's, that's sort of something that I've always been like. And I think I can be quite, you say, you say I'm easy to coach, but I can be quite hard work because I don't really offer feedback. I just go and do it. Um, yeah. 
Which, yeah. You know. But if we set up, but that's like the thing is, I could see that that's an issue. Yeah. That has an easy yeah. fix. Like if we have a catch up call or even a Zoom call ever every ten days or whatever, you know, just for half hour, you yeah. telling me in depth information on your events prep makes the program able to adhere to the you know the scenarios better and what's happening and stuff and like the 18 inch prep i got more info off rich than you for the 18 inch prep <laughs> because i kept saying how's it going what did you hit yeah it went well and i'm like well, what does that mean like <laughs> did you pull 600 or 300 <laughs> to be honest the 18 inch prep was just like i started off the first session i was like oh, well, I can imagine this is going to be a really good event for me because it's deadlift. And then I quickly found out that it was really shit for me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to train really hard. Oh, but I've only got two weeks of training it left. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can't really, you know, you can't, you can't really get better at something you're already not very good at in two sessions or three sessions, unfortunately. Otherwise, yeah, no. Otherwise, we'd all be pulling fucking... 550 kilos wouldn't we but you know it was a bit annoying because obviously I'm known for having a good deadlift but you know I'm known for having a good deadlift from the floor not from 18 inch and I know that you'd expect people to pull more from 18 inch but it poses my weakest area which I can sort of overcome from the floor uh, but yeah I, I think as a person I can be quite difficult sometimes because I'm sort of just get my head down go away and do it and I don't really complain and I don't say much but I think if you are getting coaching from someone and you want them to help you as much as you can, maybe be a bit more, have a bit more transparency with. Yeah. But I'm not saying that you, cause you do give me feedback. Actually, but it, usually that's fine. But it was just like, I've realized at this level, like I need to be on the ball more. You need to be knowing the stat, you know, that you know the standard now. So you know the standard, yeah. I know the standard. We need to have a little bit better communication. And, and I just think if we get that, we'll make a real good little package into the next. Basically, I just saw room for improvement. Because like I say, I was up all night fucking thinking, how can I make this better? Yeah. But this is the issue. There's an easy fix. Let's just have a fucking catch up every 10 days. Can, can it be the, uh, the, the middle guy here, right? From a, say, no kind of emotional kind of thing for me, what I see is... Like if you, I can see it from Luke's side where he just thinks I'm a fucking animal, I'm a robot, I'm just gonna tick it, I'm just gonna tick everything off because I'm a fucking robot. But then from the coaching perspective, like you you can you can have a more optimal direction and more optimal path if you're feeding back that actually yeah instead of everything being good because you're a fucking animal and just tick ticking everything off. Like if you actually say yeah well we got this and blah blah blah. Like it just gives it, you, you know, because you obviously, obviously, you coach yourself, Luke, but but like, um, I think this is the there's a lot of value you can get with like, say, weekly updates, like you do yeah. with Shane, rather that like why it's so much better than like, say, four to eight week blocks is because of this feedback. Because you might have like, say, a progr like Shane might have a six week prep in his mind that for a certain lift that he has mapped out in his head, but then after week two that you're actually finding something really difficult that actually he didn't foresee, like he's going to, he can intervene and change that. But instead of you just fucking ticking it off and being like, I'm a fucking animal, I'm a robot. 
Like, actually, he could put something more suitable in there that's going to give a better result at the six-week mark. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking from, like, if we need to clutch at straws and put cherries on top of everything, that's one thing we can definitely do better. And even if that makes a 2% difference, we realise now we need that fucking 2% on every event because at that level, it it makes a huge difference. Um, And it's not something I'd ever... I never had that issue before because prepping people for comps that are, I don't want to say it like, you know what I mean? It's just a different standard, isn't it? It's like, I'm not saying that the other guys that are doing these lower tier comps in the weight classes or the novices or whatever, I don't need to coach them as well. I'm just saying that it makes, it's going to, at this level, I need, we both need everything to be perfect to get yeah. the little mini percentages which are clearly required when you're in in, in world's final yeah well like I say i think i think that you know i've definitely realized that now um i think it's quite easy with things like i don't i keep referring to the 18 inch deadlift but you know when you're oh how's it going and you're almost a bit like oh well it's going as well as it can go and there's nothing that can make it better so you just say yeah it's all right yeah <laughs> It's not like you're accepting defeat, but you know that there's not really much that can be done to turn it around. In the thing is, as well, you had a deadlift from the floor event as well, didn't you? Yeah. So it's like we had we had to train from the floor and yeah. from eighteen, and it's yeah, like it was it, it was hard. But now, now I think knowing that, I think we should do some eighteen inches um, on like a secondary session. Uh, most of the year round because I think a deadlift from height is a very common event. Yeah. And um, we, we can't have a, we can't, we can't, we can't just go, uh, hopefully it don't crop up again. Let's fuck it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it needs <laughs> to be like, let, let's, let's address this so that the next time it crops up, you know, who knows next world, they might say deadlift from the floor. You turn up on the day and it's 18 inches and then you go, fuck me. I'm so glad we, we trained this because yeah. I can I can redeem myself for last year. But then I think as I think as well, pulling from eighteen inches will probably help my pull from the floor as well. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, because you know, eighteen inch where it starts at below my knee, you know, knee to lockout is my weakness. So, you know, if I train that year round and I get that stronger, and then I include saw the the amount of leg drive I can get off the floor, then you know, it's probably going to improve my pull from the floor anyway. So it's it's definitely not a bad thing I think to sort of implement year round. Yeah. Complete oversight on my part, though, as well, because I I was the same. I was just thinking, ah, I'd be fine from 18 inches. He's got a fucking massive deadlift, and I never, I didn't foresee the. Uh... It's a really tough one, isn't it? Because like, in the in the final, like if it was deadlift from the floor, I think Novikov would have finished last, wouldn't he? Probably. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say he would because you'd like. Ah. You, you don't know, but I think that if it was from the floor, I'd have definitely done a yeah. lot better than I would have done. Um, but, you know, everyone, you know, I pulled fucking 4.25.2 from the floor and it was easy. Like, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm capable of from the floor. And I think just because people think that you pull it less distance, you should do more. But, you know, my strength is from my floor to my knee. If it was a floor to knee comp, then great. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was me to fucking run <laughs> out, so... Yeah. Why is it an off what an event? We'll fucking get that in there. Exactly. I'll say a little tip for listeners who are, who have uh, an 18-inch deadlift coming up in a comp or whatever, and they might have, like, say, 
I don't know, say you're doing a comp and it's eight weeks out, 12 weeks out or something, like have a little bit of a play. If you've got time and you've got loads of sessions in terms of skill, like have a little bit of a play at moving your feet out significantly, almost like so you're borderline in, in like a sumo stance where you're, where you're, obviously your hands are still starting outside your knee. And, uh, and yeah, it'll be a, for most of us, it'll be a uh, less ideal position to produce force, but the trade-off will be like the range of motion. Will, a lot of people find that the, the trade-off is that they can, li- they can lift a little bit more, like quite quickly. Like I've seen, seen quite a lot of people who've trained for 18 inch like that, and they look like a fucking idiot the way that they're setting up, but they can lift a lot more weight very, very quickly. Um, so that that's for the, some of the listeners to try if uh, you've got a, got it coming up in your comp. Let me know how you get on. What what we're we talking about next, guys? So we've got a, <laughs> ten, got a ten minutes, a couple of minute wrap up. So uh, I've asked loads of fucking stuff. So Josh can ask some. I'll, I'll just ask you some coaching related that I need to really ask you in these calls that I'm going to be making to you. I'm going to be hounding you. So, so Luke, t- tell us a little bit more about you. What you what you do for for money in terms of you you coach yourself, don't you? Well, I'm I'm, I'm trying to come away from that. Are you really? To be honest, um, he's a mirror fit athlete now. Yeah, for, fortunately, after Europe's, you know, I've been offered quite a lot of, you know, not quite a lot. I've been offered enough sponsorship money that I don't have to do anything anymore. Um, so. You know, I'm, I'm myself, and I, I, I'm not. It's, it's a bit weird because I'm sitting here and. Well, you'll, you know, be, you'll be able to buy yourself some stone sleeves now and give me mine back, won't you? I, I was going to say before the call started that I need to give you these sleeves back. Actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll come over <laughs> at some point. I'll give them back to you, mate. But, but like, um, what is it? I've, it's not really a great for me from a business perspective. But I think the problem is the more involved and the more I put into my sport, the less I sort of. Uh, you know, the less energy I have maybe for other people. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> go If you want coaching from me, go to Shane. <laughs> it's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, bro. Well, look, the, that, thing, the thing is, though, that's uh, at the end of the day, mate, not many people uh, out there have the opportunity to do something full-time like the sport they want to pursue. So as soon as the opportunity comes you've done right, grab it and uh, let, perform to your potential where you put 100% focus into your sport and, and let it let it reap the rewards of, of your, your Europe. Well, so get the that, that's, that's the thing, you know, I mean, I've spent, you know, my, basically my entire, entire adult life, you know, making the best out of peanuts to get to where I've got and then finally I've sort of broken over the edge of that now where... I can probably actually do all right for myself. You know, I was working at a leisure centre two days a week, making fucking 450 quid a month, and people are complaining that they can't do strongman because they only, you know, they they don't make enough money. You know, I I was doing what I was doing in strongman on 450 quid a month. You know, that's not including, you know, the fact that I've got to pay for my car and my insurance and stuff. So, you know, it, it, it is possible. Obviously, I'm going to be in a much better position now to do well because I've got more disposable income that I can put into myself. Uh, but, you know, obviously that's thanks to the companies that have got behind me. So I think that there's going to be some, you know, really big changes for me over the coming sort of year. I think that I'm going to really be able to switch it on and turn it around and improve even more than maybe I've improved this year. 
You've had a lot of support off Rich, obviously, haven't you, with uh, everything? Yeah, obviously. Well, Rich is fantastic. You know, he basically bought me a gym and make sure that I don't do stupid shit that won't make me better at strongman. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing it uh, if it wasn't for Rich. So he's, he obviously deserves a lot of credit as well. Yeah, because I think that um, you've got an environment around you now. I was literally, I've done another podcast before this one, talk about this, but talk about environment, how it affects uh, performance in athletes. And I think the environment you've got around you about to me on horn, you got an all right, you got an all right coach, you got rich, you got yeah. the gym, and you've just got like like we were talking before when on air, you don't surround yourself with bullshit, and I think that's oh. why. I, f- I think it's weird. Like as as I've got better, I have found myself training with older people. Um, obviously, I know that like when I was in my powerlifting days and I was training with you know a lot more of the boys, you know, I'd still love to train with the boys now, but we've all sort of you know, got different things going on in our lives. But, like, Rich is sort of my main training partner now, and I think there's just something that comes with, like, that old, hard-working, honest graft that I sort of really enjoy training Yeah, well, with. well that's it. He's done his, at the end of the day, he's done his time in the, tre- time in the trenches, hasn't he? Like, you, you, yeah. need, you need somebody who, who, like, by your side, who you can fucking count on and you can rely on when the chips are down, or you can all, you need, you need someone that you can rely on, not somebody who could potentially be like, like let you down basically and you know that all the stories that he's told you about his life and whatnot you think fuck me like you've been you know what i mean i'm fucking talking to you yeah i mean like i was talking about this like i said in the podcast before about environment and life and stuff and somebody was saying what what is the um thing that holds the, the, the hardest thing for an athlete to do to keep up his performance for years, and this is something that's relatable to Luke with, like, if you want six world titles in your fucking, on your shelf, then that's a long, that's a long journey. And uh, the biggest obstacle to that is just life. Like, getting yeah. a missus, getting a fucking house, doing this, doing that. You might have a kid, you might have this. And all, all your priorities and stuff change. And having someone like Rich there who's kind of, like you say, been through the trenches, he, he, he knows things that are going to crop up and he's going to be able to give you good advice. As, as, as things change your life, you're going to get good advice. Yeah. I think that's important because, like, it's, it's, you know, obviously having someone to train with who, you know, Rich does train fucking hard, especially since he's sort of in his 50s now. Uh, but even less of that, it's sort of the... Um, I thought he was 70. Fucking dogs going mental. Uh, it, it's even more sort of... You know, someone, someone just to level you sometimes, you know, when you come in the gym and you've, you know, he, he's been 23 before with, you know, all this stuff to prove and just sort of level you out a bit and make you make the right choices and give you just general sort of life advice as well. You know, he's been very helpful to me in sort of that regard as well, to be honest. So, but yeah, as a training partner, especially he's brilliant because it's just that sort of old school come in, crack on, like give it everything you've got sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it, it's priceless having that environment um, and like having those people that you can rely on and like, like <clears throat> I'll, I'll, hope, I'll give him a, give him a shout out. Like the lads I train with, like uh, Joe and Tim, like every Friday, every Monday for the last two years, four o'clock, they do, they're there and it doesn't, and it doesn't, doesn't matter yeah. if they've had a shit day at work, they've had this, they've had that, they've had foot, like, <laughs> 
it's fucking brilliant because we know that whatever's going on in our life, that we're going to be there for each other, not let each other down. And we can, yeah. we, don't, we don't need to ask, oh, are you training on Friday? Or, oh, see how I feel, like... Yeah, you just go to the gym on Friday and they're there. Because they're, they're, there they're there, they're there, they're there. No matter what. And like, Shane, you've seen that, haven't you, since you've been since you've been coming down on Fridays and that, like, at first, Shane was, like, messaging me, oh, yeah, are we on for tomorrow? And, like, you don't need to fucking ask. Like, we'll be there. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, stopped, I stopped asking eventually. And then when twins asked me, you down on Friday, I, I was like, what, what the fuck do you think? Yeah, <laughs> like, getting and, and that's it. And, and like, that, that was a thing, like, credit to you, Shane. Like, when you said, um, oh, yeah, I'm going to come on Fridays. I'm going to start coming on Fridays and do some events here. I'm like, right, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, because we've had people say that in the past, like, oh, yeah, we're going to come down, yeah. And then they might come down for two or three weeks and then something else crops up or whatever. Whereas, like, credit to Shane, he's been there every week, even when it's not been convenient and stuff. Even when it, even when it's only been like, I can only do an hour, but I'm still going to come and do my dumbbell or whatever. Like, it's fucking brilliant. And to have people like that, that you're surrounding yourself with, is just fucking priceless. Yeah, and I mean, it's easy for me because it's sort of my full-time job. But then, you know, Rich is doing a fucking manual labour job probably seven in the morning until six and then driving to the gym to train with me and then doing a fucking four-hour session. Like, how fucking going, inspiring is that? Like, yeah, and, then, and then going home and repeating it five days in a row. Yeah, you can't ever go in and say, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired today. You'd be like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's like been putting together fucking farming machinery all day <laughs> and then he comes in and trains me for four hours like, yeah, uh, and like I bet he doesn't come in and moan about work. Well, it probably does, but but like no, I'll come. I'll come in and moan that I haven't had my fucking nap, and he'll tell me to shut up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've only had four years. Rich, I'm knackered. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Rich, I'm fucking so tired. I've not slept, and he's like, "Fuck you." He's like, "Get on with it." <laughs> then, yeah, you you need someone who's honest with you, otherwise you you just end up fucking with a load of people blowing smoke up your ass, don't you, telling how good you are. So luckily, friends and Richard are all very good at telling me how shit I am and how... Yeah, oh, my, my God, it's, it's priceless, <laughs> isn't it? Like, like when, like, he'll turn around to you and say, oh, fucking hell, like, oh, it's not on tonight, or don't, don't go up in weight from that or whatever, move on. Like, like yeah. people who'll tell you when it's not fucking on and, like... Yeah, and like, and like when I was having my 18-inch paddy tantrums where... I was trying to pull them and I didn't do it, so I'd fucking launch my belt across the gym and just go lock myself in the toilet. And then you'd come out and he'd be like, "Just calm down." <laughs> like they're there to calm you down as well. So yeah, I always say some of the uh, best things a training partner can do is actually rein you back a little bit sometimes because it's easy to be hype man and tell people yeah. to put more weight on the bar, but it's a bit of a harder choice because you know telling the person that they're probably not going to react the same as, oh, yeah, you're a beast, mate, go up. If they say, look, mate, it's not happening today, let's let's fucking come back. It's, it's like, Shane, you coming down and doing, like, first couple of sessions and we were, like, fucked, like, after the sessions on the, the weekend because we were just fucking maxed out on everything. But then, like, a <laughs> couple of, like couple of weeks in, like, you were like, oh, well, oh, I'm not confident about my stone or whatever, or my bicep or whatever. And I said, well, Shane, why don't you just fucking do, work with the 70 or the 90 for the next three or four weeks and do a complex or something, build up your tolerance to it, and then we'll go a bit heavier on a run in four weeks or whatever. And you know yeah. what? And you went, oh, yeah, 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 I'll fucking do that. 
And then he did that every, every week. And he's over there doing his like fucking 70 kilo stone. Like that. He, but, but having that someone there to tell him that, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred mile an hour and everything. Like we're, we're not impressed whether you do a fucking, like we're still the same if you do like a world record stone or fucking, you struggle with like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's a, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword because you put yourself in that environment where everything couldn't be better. But then what comes with that sometimes could be that getting carried away. Uh, but it's good that, like say with the people that sort of we both have, that you get sort of the best of both, which is that sort of realistic, you need to rein it in, but also the when it's time to be ready to go for something, you know, you, you go for it and they're sort of there with you. So, yeah, it's good to have both. Do you think yeah. you'd be <clears throat> as good as you would be now if you didn't have that gym? Like, what, what, what's around you in the areas? Is there much in the way of strength gyms or not? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's actually less to do with the gym and more to do with Rich. Um, you know, the gym's brilliant and it's everything I could ever need. But you know, I think I think that it is you know more Rich to be honest. Right. Yeah, because that's uh, something that I try and say to my the guys I coach, when they're like, um, they're not, they're not got the right vibe in their gym. Yeah. Like yeah. People are clashing and people, they're not, they just don't have the sport network, so to speak, that, that they need. And I tell them to leave gym and sometimes people are just stuck in the ways that, well, this gym's got this kit and that and it's heated and it's got air con in the summer. And I'm like, well, why don't you go to the, you know, why don't you try the little gym out down the road, the little unit, you know, with, uh, couple of people in you know you might find that you know it might take you a little bit to acquire the kit you need but maybe the environment will change you as a person and push yeah. you to a better athlete rather than all the fancy shit that the other gym has no, I, I, like the environment's obviously so important and you know i think and again i'd I said, obviously, I'd, I'd take Rich over the environment because I feel like you could take Rich and sort of put me in any gym with him and I'd be all right. But, you know, you'd rather have both. And I think that that gym is, you know, it's very special. There's a reason that I've started doing so well when I've sort of, you know, even in my powerlifting days when we were training in that place, you know, it, like it's so important just to be in the right did place. You, did you powerlift in that gym then? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, I, right. I don't know why. I just I thought you got it when you transit. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well Luke, well, Luke, at the end of the day, the gym and the equipment base is built around the ethos, isn't it? It's not like you fucking turned up. Yeah, of course. Like it, you wouldn't have that gym with that style. With well, it's just, it's just fucking metal and stone and shit, isn't it? Without without you guys in it, like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like Rich, Rich was saying, he went to IPF Worlds in 2019, and people were coming up to him going, "Oh, you own the LR Strength Shed, don't you?" And he was like, "Yeah, I do." Like, it's quite cool that it's you know got a bit of a a bit of a reputation for being sort of, you know, a, a gym where it's it's quite serious and everyone there's quite serious. It's, uh, you know, I think that that's quite cool. Is that you know it's not ju it's known for what it is. It's not known for being. Yeah, I think know, that's cool as well because obviously Rich uh, saw you and believed in you and wanted to help and everything. And it's kind of like it must be nice for him to to be like, "Yeah, I was fucking right to." help this kid out and uh, put all this oh, in. Yeah, and I, I think, I think you know, one of Rich's main reasons for it is because he sees, me, it seems to be that he's seen something in me that he saw in himself when he was younger, but unfortunately he didn't, he didn't have someone who'd back him. So I think it's sort of that him trying to do f for what 
no one sort of did for him kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when he came to pick up that log off me, he told me all this, and I remember, uh, yeah. remember thinking, what a nice fucking bloke. I didn't actually think I'd end up coaching you at that point and uh, know you and know him but but yeah I remember he came down to pick up the log and I was like why why, why are you getting the log just chatting and he was obviously on about you and stuff and uh, how how I think it was rugby he played was it that he didn't get to do to come down and come down and train sometime come down and train on a Friday like you and Rich come down we fucking in we'll see if Rich can get a get a half day off work and then you'll come and just yeah, fuck it, He'll come and die, and it'll be the last session he ever does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I, well, like I say, I came and trained uh, across your way a few weeks ago, didn't I, with Hicks? I really, I really like it. Again, it's really similar to sort of what we've going on, so it's 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 good. It's It sort of feels like home, to be honest, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would well, be good. Get, get, into, get into come sometime, because like, again, like we've just said, like, it wouldn't just be maxing out. We'd 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 help him out and we'd encourage we'd encourage him and well we'd end up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll call it a night there. Luke, would you be able to come on again at some time and we'll talk maybe about? Well, oh, oh, would you be able to come on again sometime? Yeah, of course. Oh, thank you, mate. And, yeah. and I think <laughs> I think next time we could maybe talk about some like some maybe a bit a bit. Like I don't know, coaching, lifting, stuff that's worked for you. You know, like say, how have you got your? How how did you get to squat four hundred in sleeves? Like, how did you build your deadlift? Like, it'd be be interesting to talk about like some different methods and technique and stuff like that. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I'll just come on. We'll just fucking talk a load of shit again, won't we? So yeah, spot on, mate. Sounds awesome to me. Right. <laughs> See you later, guys. Good night. Peace out.